Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Coming up later, the unstoppable tree planting scouts are back in action. Now, this week, researchers from Coventry University and the BBC teamed up to discover that people working in drive through restaurants are exposed to health-damaging levels of air pollution. And they aren't the only ones. New figures from Public Health England show an estimated 5.6% of deaths of people aged 30 or over in Hertfordshire in 2018 were caused by air pollution. Now, councils are already considering some measures, like the plans to get us out of our cars and walking or cycling instead, that are outlined in the South Central Hearts Growth and Transport Plan that we heard about on last week's show. But those things are going to take time. Hertfordshire businessman Thomas Delgado of Pollution Solutions think that he has got a quicker answer. Thomas, thank you for joining me. So um, why do we need a pollution solution when we'll be moving to electric vehicles soon? Thank you for having me. Um, it's a good question. The, uh, the answer to that is that the time it will take us to move from fossil fuel vehicles across to electric vehicles um, is quite a considerable period of time. Even uh, with the recent announcements that the sale of fossil fuel vehicles will be uh, banned by 2035, that still leaves 15 years of pollution uh, and obviously the uh, health issues associated to that um, in our life. And something needs to happen now. A proactive measure needs to be taken. Uh, and uh, at the moment, I think that's a big frustration from a lot of the public is that uh, there's a lot of fines, there's a lot of clean air zones, basically banning vehicles entering certain areas. But not a lot being done about um, cleaning the air. Okay, so where did you get your idea for? I, I keep calling it pollution solution. It does roll off the tongue very well. <laughs> well, the uh, the eureka moment came around about four years ago when I was walking through Hartford Town um, as I uh, walked past some vehicles at a set of temporary traffic lights. I noticed the emissions were leaving the vehicle exhausts, hitting the road. Uh, and then slowly lifting up into the air. Um, and yeah, as I say, it was a bit of a eureka moment. I thought, well, surely we can just vacuum them up. Um, since then, there's, of course, been a lot of work uh, with uh, some very intelligent engineers and mathematicians um, as to how we can build a system that's quick to install, um, cheap to run, cheap to install, um, but as effective as possible at removing pollution. Okay, so you you indicated that um, something vacuuming the pollution up. How, how exactly? How, how where, where does the vacuuming happen in the system that you've created, and what happens to the air then? Yeah, sure. So the best way to explain it is that our system is sited at, at the, generally at traffic lights or junctions where the pollution levels are really really high. Um, they look the system looks a bit like a cat's eye in the roadway. Um, it's submerged into the road and connected to uh, pipework underneath the road that leads to an air station at the side of the road. That air station houses uh, a series of fans and filters. So when vehicles pull up and stop at the traffic lights, um, some of them are still pumping out pollution, um, in particular large vehicles, lorries, buses, etc. Our system activates and pulls in that polluted air 
through the pipework into the filter station and then it leaves the top of the air station uh, to a level of 99% cleanliness. Right, okay. So so the air that is captured by the system does come out very clean. How much of the polluted air is the system capable of, of sucking up? So initial uh, estimates are up to 60% of all the pollution that's being emitted at that said junction. Um, it is weather dependent, so if we have uh, really hot weather, um, fairly low wind, then it's higher than, than that number. Um, and if we have really strong winds, uh, then the number is lower. However, it's the uh, situations that have very small amount of winds in our uh, local areas that generally lead to this really bad pollution problem that we have. Yeah, indeed. If it's very windy, actually, the pollution levels aren't so high, are they? No. So, um, so, so, in order for the for the air to get from the little stations to the air cleaning um, um, box, I suppose, on the pavement, you've got pipes going under the road. So, is, is this quite hard to install? A few years ago, it would have been, um, but thankfully, technology has moved on greatly in terms of how roads can be dug up. Um, so, we actually employ a, a company to slice a small trench in the centre of the road. Um, it's not very big. It's, again, about the, the width of a cat's eye. Um, and then they can reinstate that within two hours. So um, these installations will be done overnight um, and they can be turned around in as little as four hours. Wow. OK, then. Um, and, again, you know, this is sort of like an infrastructure thing, isn't it? How, how about the cost? Is it affordable, especially, you know, cash-strapped times for councils? Yes, it is. Um, we, we have uh, multiple financial analyses that we like to show certain people, uh, depending on where they work. But, um, yes, it is cost-effective. Uh, a junction of uh, four roads would cost the council anywhere between eighty and £100,000, which might sound like a lot, but with a lifespan of around 20 to 25 years, um, the cost is actually very low over that period of time per year. Okay, and as I suppose, as, as you indicated um, at, the, at the start of the interview, we are actually paying for that, you know, with the health of, of many people's lives, aren't we? So, yeah, that that's the real uh, vision for us. It's to reduce the number of deaths and illnesses actually associated to uh, road-based pollution. Um, we strongly believe that the future is electric for cars, um, but nevertheless, something has to be done now. Um, it's been called a worldwide uh, pandemic, uh, and I'd agree with that. It's the uh, the new asbestos, if you want to call it that. Um, and as more information comes out and more data is provided, it's getting uh, scarier and scarier day by day to think that we live with these vehicles so close to our homes, our, ch our children's schools, and our day-to-day -day lives, really. Yeah, indeed. So um, what stage is the system at? Have you actually got any systems in installed in, in, in roads yet? Uh, so we've built a prototype, which has uh, been tested hundreds of times by various scientists and engineers to ensure that um, we have the most optimised solution possible. Uh, we're now in talks with various councils who are interested in installing our system. We would like the first system to be installed in London. Uh, that's obviously where we have one of the biggest issues in terms of hotspots for pollution. And uh, again, we would like to uh, we would like to see it placed outside a school at the moment. Um, we're in talks with three different councils, um, so we'll see who moves first, and we'll go from there. Well, that sounds like a tremendously interesting project you've got there, and we look forward to hearing all about it. Thomas, <laughs> thank you very much indeed. Thank you.
And I was talking there to Thomas Delgado of Pollution Solutions. And remember, you have still got time to respond to Hearts County Council South Central Hearts Growth and Transport Plan consultation. You'll find it on the Hearts County Council consultation page. And don't forget that the St Albans part of the consultation is via the extra drop-down menu that you'll find right on the right-hand side. It's not immediately obvious. And to find out more about um, what's proposed and why it's even there, do go to the podcast page of RadioRolum.com, where you'll find the Environment Matters in which Councillor Derek Ashley explained all about it. Now, tree planting fever is gripping the district. Whilst St Albans Council has announced plans to plant 60,000 trees around the district over the next five years, eager residents are simply getting on with it. Volunteers worked with Sandridge Parish Council last weekend to plant six new trees and a new hedge at Bell Open Space. But the first London Colney Scouts, well, they have far more ambitious plans. Ian Yeti Burnett is a beaver leader from first London Colney Scouts and he joined me with his son Stanley, who is one of the beavers. Ian Stanley, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Now, this isn't the first time that the first London Colney Scouts have have picked up their spades to plant some trees. Tell us what they've achieved to date, Ian. So, so far, the first London Coney Scout groups has been down to the lakes at Willows Farm twice. March last year, we planted 420 trees around the lakes and then a further 1,200 trees back in November. Right. Okay. Um, So already quite a lot uh, of trees there. Stanley, did you take part in that tree planting? Yes. And was it hard work? Uh, Hard work watching all those people digging all those holes. Yeah. Right. Okay. I imagine it was. Thousands of trees don't get themselves in the ground, do they? So how are those trees coming on, Ian? Did they all survive the, uh, the dry summer that we had? Not all of the trees took uh, from the first planting that we did back in March. Uh, Some of them uh, had to be removed from the ground. Uh, The the, the wet weather over Christmas has seen that the uh, trees we planted back in November have taken pretty well. Right. But, uh, yeah, it would be good to go back and see what we can do further. Right. Okay, then. So, going further, you've got um, more trees, um, not more tree planting planned on the 15th of March. What will you be doing then? Back uh, in the 15th of March, we've got uh, over 3,000 trees to plant, uh, all donated by the Woodland Trust. We've got a further 10 scout groups involved uh, from the distant Albans district. Uh, we've got a good 200 people coming down, hopefully on the day, to plant the trees. It's going to be uh, quite a large event and quite exciting. Well, it certainly sounds to be. So you've got all these scout groups there. The, the, these, what kind of trees? Are they native trees that you're planting? They're uh, native to the UK. They've got uh, oak trees, hawthorn, holly bushes. So, yeah. All sorts of things there, which will hopefully be great for wildlife, won't they? Absolutely. Uh, wildlife, uh, making, bringing back uh, the uh, area, bringing it back to how it should uh, look. Yeah, fantastic. Now, obviously, 3,000 trees is an awful lot, isn't it? Now, you've got Scout helping, but do you need our help as well? Uh, As much help would be appreciated if you can come down on a day, come and help on the 15th of March. Uh, Bring your own spade and equipment, it'd be much appreciated. Okay, so what time? Uh, We're starting at 11 o'clock, finishing hopefully by 1 o'clock, so it's a good four hours of planting there. Right, okay. Um, and, and how do we find you? So we're planting around the banks of the lakes by Willows Farm. You can either get there from the Willows Farm main entrance or you can get to us off the A414 uh, down by the fishing lakes by the Real Cafe. 
Right. Okay. Oh well, you know, fingers crossed for for the weather for that. Then, as you say, at least they'll be going into nice wet ground, which uh, which will be good. Uh, Stanley, will you be helping this time? It sounds like they're going to need all the help they can get. Yes. You will. Brilliant. I bet your dad's relieved to hear about that then. So looking into the future then, is that it? And I can't imagine there's room for many more trees down at the uh, fishing lakes. Um, Do you have any more plans for tree planting, Ian? Uh, Yes, we're going to make this an annual thing now. The the issue is having the land to plant on. The land around the fishing lakes is going to soon run out if we continue with the sort of pace we're heading at. So I've reached out to uh, some local landowners, a larger one being Gorenberry Estate, and they put me in contact with their management management agency, Shredder and Parker, uh, who are looking into actually getting more land for us to plant on, and they're really actually behind all this big deal. So, yeah. Wow, that sounds absolutely fantastic. And tree planting, how does this fit in with what it means to be a scout? There's so much involved, uh, taking part, being part of a team, the actual physical side of it, and then actually seeing what you've progressed and done in the past to go back to. Being a scout is a good way of actually getting out into the environment and doing stuff and being part of a team. And this is a a good way of actually giving back to the community uh, as a young person. Uh, Stanley, are you proud of of your dad and and what he's achieving with all these trees going in the ground? Yeah. Yeah. And will you look forward to, because you probably won't have to get that, that that much bigger, you'll be able to go back and see a forest there as well. What will that be like? Uh, it'll be good because um, we'll be able to um, breathe fresher air. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it will be full of fresh air. Great stuff. Well, fingers crossed for the weather for you, and we look forward to hearing about more tree planting in the future. Ian Stanley, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thank you. And I was talking there to uh, Ian Yeti Burnett and Stanley, his son, from the first London Colony Scouts. As I said, it's not just the Scouts who are gearing up to plant trees. At St Michael's and St Mary's Eco Evening from 7.30 on the 5th of March at St Michael's Parish Centre, they're having uh, having a big meeting there. Everybody's welcome. There'll be speakers and a discussion about how to organise a mass tree planting event for November this year. Everybody's welcome to come along and contribute to that discussion. Now, also, St Albans Council Tree Officer Alex Laurie. He's been working with London Colney Parish Council on a tree warden project to plant trees at Walsingham Way open space. Um, They've developed a scheme to plant 450 mixed native tree and shrub saplings and have secured a source of free trees from a carbon offsetting company. Now, they'd love your support in helping to plant the trees, um, which are going to be planting in two sessions um, on Friday the 6th and Saturday the 7th of March. You don't need any experience. They'll give training there. Um, but it would be great if you could belong a spade and some gardening gloves. Um, apparently some of the trees will be a bit thorny. Um, each session will last for two to three hours, depending on the number of volunteers. Um, but if you're planning to stay for the whole session, you might want to bring something to eat or drink. Then you've got um, helping the London Colney Scats on the 15th of March. And then there's a community tree planting at Mount Pleasant Lane School um, in Bricketwood on Sunday the 29th of March from 10 o'clock. Crikey, if you go along to all of those, well, number one, you're going to be very fit by the end of it and also my what an achievement planting all those trees um just quickly if you have got plans for your street getting together doing wonderful things this year then um you might want to um find out more about street parties on monday uh, this monday the 2nd of march at seven o'clock at the beach house in st Albans. 
Um, there's a meeting there so you can find out everything you need to know about having a street party in your road. Um, and then straight after that, at eight o'clock on Monday, there's a playing out session. Again, that's at the Beach House. Um, and there you can find out about getting playing out started in your, in your road. If you remember, that's when you close the road, perhaps for um, a, an afternoon or a couple of hours each month, just so that kids can play, neighbours can say hi to each other. Um, it's something that, oh, it's a lovely thing to do with your road. Really builds community, gets all ages involved. Do follow me on Twitter at RV underscore environment. Do like the Environment Matters Facebook page if you haven't done yet. And drop me a line on amanda at radioverolump.com if you've got a comment about the show or ideas that you'd like us to cover. Um, you can listen now to any edition of Environment Matters by going to radioverolump.com, finding the podcast page there. And you can subscribe to the weekly Environment Matters podcast through your favourite podcast provider. I'm going to be back at the same time next week. But until then, thank you for listening.